You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. gun. Best Best of of Season 3. Oh, we did it. (laughs) I can't tell if we did it or not because we're on a delay. You know, we get Um, that lag time. Yeah, what a terrible year for America. But a wonderful year to make a Sopranos rewatch podcast. Yeah, and uh, Vince and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Uh, specifically, new eight dollar Patreon donor uh, Tara Utter Utter the Mutter Cutter. That's that's the yeah. And since we know that we can't take a break without people leaving us, we've created this Pod Yourself a Gun season three best of. It's got all your favorite clips, parody songs, mashups, hot takes, and bad Italian accents. Hey, this, get off of hey, my lawn! Hey, I'm, I'm podding over here. Uh, this took way longer to make uh, than we thought it would. So if you enjoy it, 
consider becoming our patron at uh, patreon.com slash frogcast. Or you can give us five stars in a review if you hate it, but appreciate the effort. And you should. Uh, most importantly, if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on the podcast app or any podcast app. Just find it. Smash that button. Smash that subscribe. Yeah. Uh, because even though we haven't started season four yet, we plan on populating the feed. We're going to populate that feed. We're going to make little <laughs> feed babies in your ears. Yeah. Uh, and with other random goodies while we're between seasons. Yeah. And, uh, finally, finally, actually, finally, um, if you haven't already, uh, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pod yourself a gun. We have our, uh, producer Brent Flyberg posting some new video content from us and, uh, we need y'all to follow us, uh, in order to see it. So, so thank you very much. Enjoy the best of, and have a happy new year. Unless you give us a bad review. And in that case, Vafango! Vafango! All right. Play it, bitch. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. Season three. I have to say, that song, it certainly didn't help me get uh, enamored of the show. I've yeah, no. Been baffled by that song and oh. why it's there. It was the yeah, classic no, Alabama three tune. Uh, <laughs> who, you know, about having a blue moon in your eye, which we've all had at one time or when another. a blue moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's Sopranos. <laughs> I gotta say, like one of the things I love about David Chase is how fucking bad his musical taste is, uh, and it kind of comes through. The least likely like stripper song. I yeah, think. Oh, the, that's like the first thing that I thought of is like, what stripper is dancing to this? I mean, yeah. I get it. The song's living on a thin line, so you know, yeah, it sets the motif for the, the episode. But um, it's such a yeah. good. It's it's it, it reminds me of the uh, the funeral scene in The Wire. Where like I don't yeah. necessarily believe that a bunch of Baltimore cops are listening to the Pogues, uh, right? But I want to believe it because it's such a good song. Yeah, yeah, and and it's the same with this one. Although I have to say, this is maybe one of the most painfully British songs I've, I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like this shit, this shit is so British that even the Kinks, who don't normally sound that British when they're singing, uh-huh. went went extra British for this song. So it's just it's kind of got a, a weird feel to it. Um, I I actually I have a clip of of the song. It's called "Truly the Best Soprano Song." The Queen's Navy and the ships Dive big and fish and chips But there's no bread by now There's no bread by now <laughs> All the tea, Harry Potter crisps Football Union Jack Chimney Sweep for the hat Yellow teeth 
<laughs> I take back every I take back every insult I ever made towards your mashups because your parody songs are so good. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're talking about. That's the song. That's exactly That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> Play it again. Yeah, I gotta hear it again. I'm the sorry. Queen's Navy and the ships. David Beckham fish and chips. But there's no bread pie now. There's no bread pie now. All the tea, Harry Potter crisps. Football Union Jack Chimney Sweep for the Hagler Teeth. What did you say there? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, 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 Harry Potter crisps. Um, uh, what do I say? Football, Union Jack, oh, okay. chimney sweep, uh, bowler hat, yellow teeth. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm just saying the kinks, you know, a little bit too British, a little yeah, bit too sure. British, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that is it's definitely uh it, it sets up like you said uh Brendan it's uh the the motif of the episode living on the thin line. But uh I wish you squeezed something about old-timey trains in there. <laughs> well, I thought about continuing. I was like, how many old-timey lyrics? trains metal in the brain. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is Matt Chrisman. Hey, hey. How you doing, Matt? Oh, I'm vibing. Yeah, you're vibing right now? Fuck oh, yeah. yeah, that's an early vibe. We just got started and you're already vibing. Well, yes. It, I mean, I try to keep it at a, at a simmer at all times. Right oh. now it's bubbling a little bit. Damn, your bass line is vibing. Holy shit. <laughs> Bodes well for the rest of the cast. Sure does. So Matt, you are uh, you are a Sopranos fan, am I right? Oh, I. You know what? I'm becoming more of one with time. I, I never was a huge one because like, I was right there at the sweet spot to be be a, a, a soprano super fan when it first came out yeah uh but it just never really grabbed me not like say deadwood did or the wire right. yeah, uh, yeah 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 uh, uh, but it's really going back and rewatching it especially as people have talked about it and uh you know and it become memeified uh specifically uh my co-hosts specifically felix mm-hmm. uh making soprano sort of a watchword uh, it made me look back and watch it again and with some time, uh, a lot of the stuff that I guess I doesn't really notice at the time because I was I was sort of feeling suffocated by the real sort of the visual gloom of the show. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Have cuts through now, like, and I'm and I'm just astounded by how uh, how culturally uh, prescient and insightful that show is, and of course because of that how hilariously funny it is that's funny like when deadwood came out i had such a hard time getting into it because it's so like fucking theatrical it feels like the, <laughs> the like drama drama kid like swearing hour at first yeah and uh, oh no totally i get uh, that yeah and i was like what the fuck is this and everyone has like a different weird accent but uh you know a lot of good performances in that show yeah, I, think, I never yeah, finished I, Deadwood, and and I feel bad because I was such a fan of David Milch's other show, John from Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> I have I to like, watch that someday. One of these days, I'm gonna just watch that because it's only got a season, and I'm just gonna blow through it in a day and see what my brain feels like after. I that. barely remember. He was like a surfer or something. What was that show? Apparently, it was an allegory for the Iraq War. <laughs> 
That's what David Milch said. And yes, it's about a mysterious surfer from Cincinnati known for its beaches who shows mm-hmm. up in a California town and he's like sort of a mysterious messianic figure. That And the whole thing is apparently about George Bush and the Iraq War. And I definitely have been intrigued. I just never got around to it. Yeah, I tried watching Deadwood, but... Uh, yeah, it was a little. It was too theatrical for me too. Also, at the time, I was doing my own share of uh, balls of dope, so I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this show just makes me want to do more, more uh, opiates. Yeah, so where, can, where, can, where's Mister Wu at? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, need, I need to get that fucking connect because that guy's got all the balls of dope. Who stole the fucking dope, cocksucker? Oh Jesus. TV critic for Rolling Stone and co-author of The Sopranos Sessions in stores now. Our guest is Alan Seppenwall. Hey guys, uh, am I going to be able to follow everything that's happened on the podcast if I haven't been here since the pilot? Um, probably. No, it's the same. Just imagine, just <laughs> extrapolate the pilot to the rest of the other episodes of the podcast and you're pretty much there. Alright, yeah. good. Good. Like, re- remember, good. remember, uh, you know, how there was like a, a lot of like uh, musical drops and, and bumpers and weird edits and whatnot. Uh, it's sure it's it's that. <laughs> but but worse, it's it's more of that. Matt made me wait. rename the Wayback Machine the Remember When Machine. But I think that's I think it's I think you get it. It's very, it's the same thing. So yeah. The whole podcast is still the lowest form of discourse. I got it. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Ooh, to do our dirty work. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to suck my daddy's dick no more. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. We're never going to get Welcome a fucking sponsor. Welcome to Pod Yourself a Come. <laughs> Oh, this uh, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Promotion code. I don't want to suck my daddy's dick no more. <laughs> oh, God. Get 30% off of books. <laughs> this is the episode where Gigi dies on a toilet, taking a <laughs> shit. And it is... Um, what do you, all I could think about was that poor actor reading the script for this episode. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. Fuck. You're, you're gonna do me with <laughs> the the smash cut to funeral. I love. That's like my favorite move in all of art is just like the smash cut to funeral where you, you yeah you skip like them you know trying to figure out what happened and mm-hmm. uh, they're like ah you get it smash cut to funeral. I love it. Yeah. 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 You 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 pass all of the initial shock and you get to the uh and all of the, the arrangements like there's no cop explaining to like the wife or anything like mm-hmm. that or nobody finding out that he's dead or people calling each other to say hey oh no ggs i don't know what's wrong with them or no there's yeah no-, no i mean you know he they did bust open the door and see him on the toilet um <laughs> yeah. uh, all because of that turkey well you know what you know what he did what? is he said he was constipated and they tried to get him to take some Metamucil, and he turned it down. He turned down the fiber, and uh, and he said he hates that stuff. And I don't know. I feel like that's uh, killed. Uh, yeah, you don't. Yeah, don't I mean, deny the psyllium husks, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it really at his age, he really should be having more fiber. But uh, I think what killed him is uh, he just pushed too hard, right? Yeah, a, like aneurysm or something. I think. I think if you push too hard on the toilet, um, you can uh, get a heart attack or something. Is that a thing? Wait a minute. Hold hold on. I mean, that this... can't be right. <laughs> I mean, you telling you... me if I go take a shit, 
there's a 90% chance I'm going to die. I don't know where you got 90. I never said 90. That's what I heard. I heard 90% chance. It's not a 90% chance, but I think the older you get, the higher your percentages get of possible uh, death while pushing to take a shit. I, I like to think that, well, you know, like an aneurysm is like a, you know, like a ballooning of your of one of your blood vessels. So I like to think right. that he was just he pushed too hard and he got backed up, and then one of his arteries just exploded like a little balloon. Yeah, no, it could be. I like, I like to think he ripped his asshole shitting like so big, like a big like softball type thing, and he just bled to death before anybody came in. <laughs> you like to think that? Yeah, I like to think. I like. There to was think. just an entire undigested manigot in the toilet. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they say there's no two people on earth exactly the same. No two faces, no two sets of fingerprints. But do they know that for sure? Because they would have to get everybody together in one huge space. And obviously that's not possible, even with computers. Even with computers. <laughs> but not only that, they'd have to get all the people who ever lived, not just the ones now. So they got no proof. They got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like him talking about seeing my bloody valentine <laughs> i like how he just goes off on a tangent where he starts out talking about how she's probably you know she's not as one of a kind maybe we haven't actually lost uh olivia she's still around and then it gets into like he's talking to the police where he's like you got no proof that everybody's yeah right. so different yeah. yeah, all of a sudden in his mind reverts to him being interrogated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched this episode twice, and for some reason the first time and the second time I didn't realize what like a driving force Janice is. Yeah. And the first time I didn't connect the fact that Chris was talking out of his ass because he was stoned because like what weed lasts that long like <laughs> yeah. to get high and then go to a funeral and then like get back and then still be like so zonked <laughs> is so funny to me like yeah. i wanted furio to talk actually too i want to see high furio like that yeah funny. well furio has one of my favorite lines in the episode where he just randomly brings up survivor and he's like, you know what we should do? We should go to the winner and say, you're not going to survive this if you don't give me some of that money. And it's like, that's, that's his high thought. His high thought is like, how can we do extortion on reality show winners? That's good writing. Did you yeah. know the water cooler in 2001? People were just like, this is excellent. This is prestige <laughs> television. Yeah, exactly. There's uh, the last, like Livia's last scene on the show. Yeah. yeah, which is um, interesting because... So there's backstory on that, which yes. is that Livia, Nancy Marchand, who plays Livia, had died like a year before they shot this. So uh, yes. so they had to, like they had to give they her a send off on the show, but they didn't yeah, have they any... had they had to the crow her. Yeah. And, um, and so, and CGI really wasn't what it, what it is now. And so mm -hmm. you really see... Uh, the seams in the photoshopping that they did there. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but they decided to write an entire scene around uh, kind of assorted Livia sayings. Yeah. 
um, like they they didn't the scene to me. I understand they wanted to do a send off and whatnot, but to me, it is one of the most useless scenes to have uh, in her death episode. Like you actually you don't need to see her before she dies have a scene where she's just saying random ass shit that they just cut together from previous episodes. It went a l- little too far. I, like there's one part that uh that I is such a great Livia line and Livia in general really reminds me of my grandmother. I don't know if that is holds true. That's fucked up, dude. For other people or if it's just but like she really is a lot like my grandmother <laughs> and uh this one I got a little clip of it. I know it's cobbled together from previous Livia sayings, but I thought at least part of it was pretty solid. Hey, Ma. Look who comes. Well, actually, I'm standing here in front of you. Uh. Hey. <laughs> so, how's it going? What do you care? Out of sight, out of mind. Brought you some books on tape. Uh, since you say you can't concentrate to read. I wish the Lord would take me now. <laughs> <laughs> that That line in particular, I don't know why. I feel like I can so imagine my grandma saying that i wish the like whenever she, whenever she complains about anything it's like ah i heard you're not doing so well. oh, i wish the lord would take me listen i think no way i'd rather I think, die I, <laughs> I think we can all relate to uh wishing that the lord would take us i don't think there's anything you know uh you know wrong with that but um what was strange to me about it was just that like I, I almost wanted to go back and rewatch every Livia Soprano scene just so I could find where they took these clips from uh-huh. because I swear I had heard every single one of them in a different episode of The Sopranos. I thought it felt uh, really strange and kind of cobbled together. Um, it definitely gets so- strange right around the time where she like waves her hanky at him and uh and it's clearly you know it's clearly just like it feels like they're doing a prank call with like olivia uh (laughs) olivia board (laughs) yeah speaking of which um i have uh another version of the scene that i made with olivia board so uh hey ma you want that lamp well actually i'm standing here in front of you oh boy you (laughs) so how's it going kill me now (laughs) put some books on tape uh since you say you can't concentrate to read. Kill me now. In the meantime, <laughs> brought you the uh, horse whisperer and Omerta. These blacks. What, are you going to freak out every time I try to do something nice for you? <laughs> Jesus. Sis. Kill me now. She's going to finish baby now. journals from a long time Kill ago. Me now. My idea. Kill me now. What the fuck? Kill me now. Look at this. You want that lamp? <laughs> supposed to fill these out. 20 years. Fat fucking nothing. Oh, boy, you. Kamal's my return these books to the kids filled with memories. You can't write stuff down from your life for your grandkids? Stab me. Here. Here. <laughs> now, please. Hey, you're too busy feeling sorry for yourself. She will do it. Please. It's good please. for her. She realized please. that. Keep her mind active. Please. Why do anything if there's not something in it for her? The world is a jungle. All right, listen up. What did you tell them when you were in the lockup? Stab me. This is important. They're trying to build a RICO case against me. Stab me. Don't wave your hanky at me. What are you going to say from now on? You want that lamp? You know, for a year, I didn't speak to you. Maybe I should have kept it that way. These blacks. Fuck it. Do what you want. 
You want that one? <laughs> oh boy. Oh, oh yeah. Well, we have fun. Honestly. Speaking of deaths, uh, March eighteenth, two thousand one. Uh, that was also John Phillips from the Mamas and the Papas died on that Damn. day. Damn! Yeah. Holy shit, he dude! R.I.P. to a real one. Survived, survived by his daughter that he was having a consensual <laughs> sexual relationship with. Oh no! Oh god! Kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, oh. I mean, kind of hard to. Yeah, no, yeah, he is survived by uh, all of the inbreeding that has L- look occurred can, under his watch you can do a lot of things in your life uh, and if you've had a consensual sexual relationship with your daughter that's going to be the one that people bring up and you know what yeah. i think that's fair yeah and in, in the biz we call that california dreaming uh <laughs> wow damn wow. we're supposed yeah. to talk about sexual assault i mean yeah. rape yeah. well this was consensual un- with a daughter it was yeah. unfortunate she was 19 at the time so yeah, yeah. Was, not uh, consensual well, still there's never no what's the age of consent on incest <laughs> that's yeah. a question that is asked by many a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> Alan, oh, it's, it's asked by one lawyer, Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> just and, and, Alan Dershowitz, just <laughs> yeah. Dersh. Dersh is the only one who wants to know what's the age of consent on fucking my daughter? <laughs> is that uh, my daughter in there? <laughs> is that my daughter? Um, oh, that's a Mystic River reference for no one. Walk, walk, daddy, daddy, mama, shoot Remember then, 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 then. Remember. Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> because that bumper begins with uh, WAP three times, I, I feel like I consider it a microaggression every time you make me play it. But uh, it's absolutely. It's Cardi it, B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, they're just saying wet ass pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wet macaroni in a pot. Headlines. Well, let's start with happenings. Uh, on April sure. 8th, 2001, Tiger Woods uh, won his second Masters tournament. Wow, mm, he was still in the him. good graces of of everyone, right? Yeah, yeah people Our loved home. him. They were like, "There's no way this guy fucks," <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is weird. I gotta say, the, <laughs> which is yeah, not realistic. The, the, the entire like, I I'm now looking back, you know, uh, to the entire like Tiger Woods fall from grace. Well, not not really the worst scandal no, the I've worst ever heard. The worst part about that was it was like he this guy's the best golfer in the world. The only problem is that he's the most boring human alive. And he's yeah, like, oh, yes. Uh, today, I, you know, I, I rate my long irons game about like a C. Uh, hit yeah. the short irons, and then he finally does something to make himself interesting, and then he immediately yeah. starts sucking at golf, and it's uh, <laughs> just a shame. Like, yeah, and it's weird because it's like. You know, like, just look at how unhappy this dude is while playing golf. (laughs) When he's like the the one thing that he is good at, he is the most unhappy at. Like, I've never seen him smile on a golf course unless he is one. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just you could tell there's a lot of sadness in the fact that this is his gift. And like, just let the man fuck. (laughs) I know. Didn't he like grow up with like a really intense dad was yeah like yeah super super yeah yeah his dad movie. was like it was no, like there, uh, was, there was crazy stories mom. about how like there was crazy stories about how earl woods used to supposedly do like william tell, tell type shit where he would stand like 10 oh. feet in front of tiger and like make him hit balls and make it make him hit <laughs> oh balls over his head and shit i don't know if that's true <laughs> but like that's do it coward <laughs> do it <laughs> yeah. 
hit the ball right in my teeth like <laughs> that is uh that is really i mean I, like and also it's little tiger woods going daddy i don't want to do it <laughs> you know he's just like a sad little nerd kid oh man oh, like yeah. just let him fart, you're, dude. you're a killer tiger do it um. <laughs> no dad i'm a baby bird <laughs> all the way back to march 18th 2001 uh some of the top stories uh Carlson is coming to New York. Conservative wag tap for column. This is about uh, Tucker oh Carlson. Whoa. Uh, is it has been uh, New York Magazine has finally found a permanent replacement for national affairs columnist Laura O'Donnell. The replacement what? is 31 year old Beltway insider Tuckle, Tucker Carlson. Tuckle, fuckle, <laughs> unique New York. That's, I don't know why that's hard to you- say. Tuckle Buckle has moved to unique New York to woodchuck chuck a woodchuck could chuck wood. Ellery Sprayberry is an aerialist. Um, (laughs) Ellery Sprayberry is an aerialist. Uh, What? Never heard of that one. That's just one Vince taught me. Weird. Um, The the right-leaning pundit who co-hosts The Spin Room for CNN. Leaning? Yeah. O'Donnell officially quit his New York gig in December to devote more time to his own talking head career. But he had actually found the every other week columns a grind and had basically quit writing them by September. Uh, boy, this really harkens back to a time when uh, magazines still had money to throw at uh, dipshits. Yeah, isn't too. that weird? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and that, it, it really you... says a lot about our media that uh, you know Tucker Carlson and Lawrence O'Donnell were our leading uh, cult- cultural commentators. In yeah, man. Talk about it's so uh, different. Twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. twenty years Who? later. Yeah, never heard of either of them. Yeah, and uh, with our very American system of trying to decide which color bat I want to get hit in the nuts with. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) The saddest thing about this headline is that, like, hey, it's uh, Carlson's coming to New York, and then, you know, he just didn't, like, die on (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Like, he was so close. On page one of the LA Times, there was a story about Chandra Levy, uh, which was uh, that was that was so, in, the, I had memory hold that one. God, that, the name sounds familiar. Chandra Levy. Yeah, she what was the she... one. She had been having an affair with a congressman, Gary mm. Condit, and uh, and then she was found dead. And everybody, oh, what? everybody suspected Gary Condit, and he lost his reelection. Uh, and then in like 2011 or something, they caught some. Uh, some Salvadoran guy who had attacked two other women in the park, and he got convicted of it. But uh, yeah, it sent me down this like Gary Condit rabbit hole because I was like, Gary Condit, what the hell happened to that guy? Um, some notes, how's he doing? Some notes from my rabbit hole. After his departure from office, Condit moved to Arizona, where he operated two Baskin Robbins ice cream stores with his wife and son. Oh boy! When the franchise failed, Condit was ordered to pay the company ninety eight thousand dollars in a breach of contract proceeding. Oh, my God. In 2012, he was reported to be serving as president of the Phoenix Institute of Desert Agriculture, which listed its status as dissolved in the last corporate filing as of June 4th, 2015. Um, In 2012, Condit's son, Chad, announced his intention to run for the House of Representatives as an independent. Uh, He lost in a top two election, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then his grandson, Cooper, which is spelled C-O-U-P-E-R... Come on, you can't. <laughs> you can't do that. Well, I guess you, we could call. It, does that mean it's Cooper? 
Yeah, is that like you just named them a verb? Like Co- that is, I I do not understand. Come on, <laughs> Cooper or Cooper Condit was appointed to the series planning commission. That's placed outside Modesto, uh, and was denied reappointment reappointment in 2020 by the council. Uh, in 2018, Condit's other grandson, Chance Condit, and that's Chance How's- with two ends. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) You guys are trying to convince people, like, you're trying to, you know, like, uh, just claw your way back into the limelight. So, your name, all your kids, uh, misspelled names. Um, He he was appointed to the, oh no, yeah, Chance ran unopposed for District 1 Series City City Council. uh, And uh, and then he also has a nephew named Buck, which is ironically the most normal name in the family. That's the normalest name. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, you know, so that's the, how the, uh, that's how Gary Condit is doing after the, he was. That's how the Condit family is. Top song. Ex- I'm a little yeah. disappointed that it knocked Butterfly by Crazy Town out of the top slot. Uh, that sucks. Top song. I, I'm hoping it's going to come back in future. Me weeks. too. But uh, the top song was Angel by Shaggy, which uh, pretty solid jam. I'm sorry. Solid jam. Yeah. Solid. Lord solid the- jam. Oh, Joe. <laughs> I don't even care what Shaggy's saying. I'm gonna listen. I like it. Yeah, they're just yeah. starlighters. <laughs> you ch- and you know, it's like what's great is he's just kind of like, "Hey, my guy, my hey, it's me, Shaggy." Or like that's the great thing about it. It's just like, Jamaican Gollum. <laughs> just like all of a sudden, he's just like, "Hey, it's me." It's like, "Oh, I'm gonna hey, let's go to my concert." Like, like it's the way it is. God, Shaggy want the precious. Shaggy want the precious. <laughs> Anyways, well, that's enough. That's enough about uh, non-Sopranos topics. All right, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what you, I, I don't know what you think people came here for, guys. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure it's not Ghost Kitchens. It's uh, 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 I'm gonna get it. Hold on. It's uh, it's not Ghost Kitchens. It's uh, Ghost uh, Fishing. Fi- yeah, sleeping with the fishins. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Got, still it, got dude. it, man. You still Thank got it. Thank God. Oh God, I'm sweating now. We're talking about season three, episode four of The Sopranos, Employee of the Month, which uh, is the is a very special episode of The Sopranos in which Doctor Melfi is sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And so the so the thing is the to reason, say raped. I feel like it cheapens it if you say sexually assaulted. Does yeah. it? And, but it makes me feel better. So the reason, wait, keep going. Okay, I, I'm looking forward to like how you sp- are going to okay. spin this. No, it's not spin. It is totally. It's just how it is in life. If you say sometimes. sexually assaulted, it could just mean like she got like groped or something. But this is yeah. Uh, so it's the one where she was violently. Well, now I've added violently, and I want to say sexually assaulted again because that's stop feel, being uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with with the R word, and so I knew this was. <laughs> I knew this I was, was gonna say we need to normalize rape. We don't. No, no, we but... should not. Norm- <laughs> no, no, I know what you mean. You mean uh, talking about it in a way that is sensitive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you know, this is a comedy podcast. First and foremost, uh, we talk about all the. You know, this show's about titties and meat, and uh, and so, but sometimes it's about very serious subjects. And for this one, I was like, well, we definitely need someone who uh is going to be you know, like sensitive to the material um, and also someone who will not judge me uh, for talking about it uh, out loud. Ba- yeah. Basically, I feel safe with you. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Im- it's important when coddling someone's uncomfort- discomfort with rape. Yes. 
uh, to make the man feel to make better. the man feel better. Yes. Usually the aggressor. Yeah, no, that's that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, if we if you get nothing else out of this podcast, it's uh, just get this: men should feel better <laughs> about rape and not about because about talking about it in you a way. The, uh, Can you imagine you po- if Tony had actually responded like this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking Matt pulled like an Elliot Spitzer where, you know, you bring your significant other uh, on on the stage with you to uh, make you feel better about whatever you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Am I, you mean, wait, you mean Huma Abedin? Well, you mean also, I mean. Anthony I, Weiner? Am I the Huma to this situation? You're the Huma <laughs> to my Weiner. <laughs> and <laughs> they get stuck in the middle of the Pine Barrens and all they do this entire episode is talk about how hungry they are mm-hmm. did you guys notice that well, yeah, they they're hungry they, they spent but they okay but they also have been what 12 hours without food maybe well chris like, said he's hungry already and then you know when you're hungry already and you agree to do a thing and it's only supposed to take right. like 10 minutes and then it ends up taking way longer and you're just pissed the whole time because you, you knew taste that gonna... roy rogers you were yeah. gonna eat. <laughs> But I mean, I guess what it is is that if I were in mortal danger, like I'm going to freeze to death, I don't think my first thought would be, well, I'm going to starve. You're going to yeah. freeze way before you starve. <laughs> it's just surprising to me, It's or it's not surprising, it's funny to me that these guys are so Italian that like just going a day and a half without a meal, they're like, well, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I need to eat a food. <laughs> like, like that is to me the most Italian yeah. shit ever was just them just dreaming of meals that they would have and not like survival. Got a Roy Rogers over there. You hungry? First things first, Chrissy. I know. I'm just saying. I didn't eat breakfast. Most important meal. Let's take them down to Pine Barrens. Fuck that. I got to eat something. We'll go to Morton's. Have a steak. This way today won't be a total loss. How can we be lost like this? We're in fucking New Jersey. Maybe we should eat some of these berries. Are you nuts? Shit like that could be poisonous. You don't know. What's that? Nathan's bag. Fuck, there's some ketchups and shit. They clean? I don't know. They're in the bag. Not bad. Mix it with the relish. You shouldn't have hit the gun. I shouldn't have even been there. And what's your fucking plan? Eat ketchup packs? We should have stopped at Roy Rogers. And I should have fucked the elements, but I didn't. We're fucking starving out here. All right, just stay calm. Bring some food, all right? Some fucking shoes, too. What are those, Tic Tacs? You had Tic Tacs all along? Give me some. There ain't no more. Selfish <laughs> prick, I'm dying here. Now fucking die already. Where you going? Don't go out there. I'm eating those berries. I'm telling you, they're poison. I don't give a shit. At least I won't die hungry. First place I'm hitting is Denny's. I know. Get like five of those Grand Slam breakfasts. <laughs> Motherfucker! What are you doing? What if we need the bullets? <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to do a little bit of geopolitical analysis uh, Ooh, on this episode because I think... It's it's a it's a thing that soprano that the Sopranos does where um like they present a character character as um the racist stereotype of them and then and then they like try to build layers uh onto them and make you feel bad about judging them that way and so like Valeri at this point 
he basically represents all of um, the U.S. Uh, all of Americans' uh, stereotypes and misconceptions about Russians, which is yes. that like he's really big. Uh, he's a giant alcoholic, so like they're like they're already pissed that they have to go take money from this guy because they know he's this huge guy that is gonna be uh he's gonna be big and tough and not care about the cold and uh, loves vodka and immediately Polly gets there and he's just throwing out all the most offensive uh, stereotypes where he's like yeah. oh yeah but you never seen a TV before. Probably yeah. wiped your ass with your bare hand before you came to this country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like everybody who wasn't living in like the American uh, capitalist system was a uh, like backwoods caveman, basically. Right. And um, and then the the show does like a funny thing where it sort of takes all those stereotypes and then turns them into like a strength that this guy would have. Where uh, yeah, of course he's like a Chechen commando. And, right. and he's killed a bunch of people and he's probably way tougher than you and uh, has seen a lot more shit than you have. And that's going to be a problem for you, which is kind of like the U.S. fear of uh, the USSR in general was like, right. oh, these they don't have shit. They're over there like wiping their ass with their bare hand. But that makes them a lot tougher. And, that, and that's why we have yeah. to have a lot of nuclear warheads. Which is maybe the most American thing ever to be like, yeah. uh, to, to look at uh, any country uh, with number one, just kind of like uh, a stereotypical disdain for what you assume their culture is, <laughs> yeah. but then going like, but also that culture makes them killers. Right. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just like, I feel like yeah. in, in retrospect, like I didn't realize that this was before 9-11, like the shot in the intro with the twin towers yeah. uh, made me like look up and realize, oh shit, it's like right before 9-11 yeah. and like like just this sense of pending doom in America as like this naive and soft and unprepared for the coming conflict. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, like Polly, we find like when we, when Tony calls Polly to like do this, he's getting a manicure. Um, and then like <laughs> they just yes. come just completely unprepared. Like when, when they're trying to kill this Chechen, like who this or this Russian dude who's like killed dozens of Chechens and yeah. like with his bare hands, like they're like, so you want to go to Atlantic City or something? Like when <laughs> yeah. he like attacks them back, like it's, it's just such like you know American ignorance and stupidity yeah. coming up against like people with just, real problems to just stumble into a situation armed with nothing but your own false preconceptions about other people <laughs> yeah. is like right that's basically the entire post 9-11 story and it's uh yeah yeah we're yeah. like they don't even know like they don't, they don't know the names of countries over there and uh, yeah. they have no idea what these people have been through but they're like ah let's go kick their ass anyway this is why the wikipedia entry for this episode is so long is because it has like all the all the creators like answers to this question of what happened oh. to this Russia. because that's a stupid thing that everybody in entertainment journalism does is you know they ask stupid unanswerable questions like what is in the suitcase in pulp fiction as if right there's supposed right. to be an answer to it and that uh you know these things are not MacGuffins. Um, right but so david chase's first answer they shot a guy. Who knows where he went? Who cares about some Russian? This is what Hollywood has done to America. Do you have to have closure on every little thing? Isn't there any mystery in the world? It's a murky world out there. It's a murky war life these guys lead. And by the way, I do know where the Russian is, but I'll never say because so many people get so pissy about it. 
I, I, I like you know. I know that. I know David Chase has listened to at least a little bit of one episode before, and I don't know if he'll ever if he's continuing to listen or anything. But I will say I'm fucking sick and tired of that guy. All right, every time we hear an answer from David Chase about anyone asking him a question, it's always like, "Why do you even care?" And it's like, yeah. I don't know, dude, because <laughs> I'm talking to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I- like I'm already in the room talking to you. It's like half of these guys just yelling at interviewers about questions they have that they probably don't care that much about. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, I was told to ask where the Russian is. Yeah, it seems like he gets so fed up with uh, studio notes. I feel like he yeah. probably got studio notes asking this shit constantly throughout the production. And he was like, yeah. no, fuck you. But then but then he weirdly takes it out on the audience. <laughs> right, he does. He's like, why do you fucking piggies want to know what happened to Tony? Huh? What are you, you got nothing else in your life? And it's like, you are yelling at an old lady in the middle of the street. <laughs> Alan, since the last time you were on, we actually uh, we we had uh, another bit that we started doing called uh, corrections uh, from the previous episode, where people like wrote in to correct us, and you actually um, you actually were able to get us one of those uh, from the main man himself. It was uh, David Chase, and I guess the question I had about that, and I've been wanting to ask this for uh, a long time now. Did David Chase? actually listen to the podcast i don't know it's we we have sort of a a relationship that's often at a distance so Mm. sometimes we communicate sometimes not you know i think right now he's like buried in work on the movie sure but i mean just based on that alone it seems like there's a chance that david did listen to this podcast uh and it is entirely possible yes which uh if if david if you're if you're listening now um stop. hey what's up if you got any <laughs> stop listening now stop listening now i don't need that kind of scrutiny in my life yeah um and and also if you like have a couple extra roles for like a jew and another meaty italian man in uh in in your movie i'm not sure if you're done filming yet i saw some stills they look good but they look like they're missing a couple of podcasters who could show up in the 70s we could be radio guys or something they, you know just like just throwing it out there you know yeah we'll just be in the we- background eating uh eating a slice of pie I yeah. can't What's the deal with Nixon? You, you, hear, you hear about this Watergate thing? <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we're... we're, we're G. Gordon uh, Liddy. G. <laughs> this guy's shitty, right? Because <laughs> I'm killed by the... Really rush this one. (laughs) Wow. That was great. My hot take for this episode is that Sunshine had it coming because he just kept just saying, uh, he just kept parroting different sayings while they're robbing him. He kept giving the shitty like eighth grade teacher advice that he got from a quote book. And, yeah, uh, which is not going to work well for someone like Jackie Jr., who probably got in trouble a lot in eighth grade. He was being epic, is what he was being. And uh, you can't really blame anybody if they're in a, a high-stress, tense situation with firearms for shooting someone who's getting epic. Yeah, that's and true. I have a clip of that, actually. Just Sunshine not shutting up. Son, leave him while you're looking good. Just give it to him, Sunshine. Victory has a hundred fathers, but defeat is an orphan. Shut up! Shut up! Stop fucking looking at me. Come on. Hurry up! 
Let's get the fuck out of here! If you can keep your head while those around you can't, then you are... The gun has already gone off and he's still giving shitty advice. That wasn't even the correct quote. <laughs> of course if, if it was You wasn't. can keep your head w- when all about you are losing theirs. Mm. That's from Kipling. He blew it. That's well, why I killed him because he fucking the, got the quote wrong. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's a surefire way to piss Jackie Jr. off is to misquote Kipling. He has this scene where he basically he comes clean that like he's just stopped going to school completely and then um, and then <laughs> mentions to her that uh, he's more interested in men's fashion. Yeah. Quote, yeah. quote not the faggy parts. <laughs> just being Hugo Boss. <laughs> just being Hugo yeah, Boss. Not the is... gay stuff. Just designing clothes for the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he. Goes through the episode kind of like figuring out, uh, you know, how he's going to get into her pants. And it all kind of culminates uh, in this final scene where um, where he's playing pool. Uh, and I actually it's it's uh, I have a I have a clip from that. Did you fuck her yet? Her body is mad, right? She's screaming for me, man. <laughs> I just want to say. She's creaming for me, man, <laughs> is maybe too gross it's even so for gross. me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like, like one she, thing to describe a woman as like wet, but when you like yeah. add a dairy in, a dairy element in there, <laughs> it gets so much grosser. Yeah, it's way too vivid. It's way too vivid. You just start, you, and it's yeah. like, you know. She's uh, going to have listen. cottage cheese down there in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It I don't just, know why he's from Boston now, but uh, it's a choice. It's hard, it's hard to maintain an accent for too long. I get it, dude. You got a friend in me. Don't waste another second on that rat fuck. You got a friend in me. I'd kill him again if I could. Two faced fuck. That fat piece of shit. Let him stay with the fish. Yeah, you got a friend in and he fucked me in the ass. It was a rat bastard. Fuck Santa Claus. <laughs> just so, can I just say that mm-hmm. the murder of Big Pussy, I feel like, and and the sort of the the dichotomy of like uh, Polly's, you know, sort of callous fuck that guy, and then mm-hmm. Tony wrestling with this. I feel like if this were something that was happening. Just uh, someone in real life, and some this this would be like Twitter discourse for an entire day. If yes, somebody, if somebody if somebody were to post a thread that was like, if you murdered your friend for snitching you out to the feds, um, it's valid. Your feelings of being sad are totally valid. <laughs> and then we would, and then we would get someone like the big like or the Polly character who would quote tweet that and be like, "Go fuck yourself!" Like this, yeah. this, they're the fucking police. They're the cops. This person loves cops. Like, and yeah, then it would yes. just start dis- yeah. and then the discourse would continue for like twenty four hours, and Twitter would just be a nightmare all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Brett Brett Stevens of the New York Times would <laughs> write an article like, "Oh, when is it okay to forgive someone for being canceled via being shot in a boat for snitching?" <laughs> like, <laughs> the 
discourse would get, you're exactly right. This is a hundred percent online discourse where the binary is basically like, sometimes I feel sad even for, for people, even if they're flawed. And if you feel sad for them, fuck you yeah. and fuck that person forever. <laughs> you're as bad as that person. You are a exactly. simp and you are also canceled. You are a simp and you are also canceled. <laughs> <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So this episode starts out with, uh, you know, Meadow is home from college watching a movie and uh, and she's there with one of this episode's at least three new characters introduced. uh, Ben Mm -hmm. Tannenbaum, which who is Noah, uh, Noah Tannenbaum, Noah Tannenbaum. Why did I write? Oh, because he called Uncle Ben. Uh, Noah Tannenbaum, uh, who is like an obnoxious uh, film student. Uh, from yes. Columbia and uh, just uh, a great even even if the character ended here which he doesn't uh, <laughs> would be a great s- single serving character yeah uh, once again like the Sopranos is for some reason really good at writing uh, both middle school kids and uh, college age Pret- kids like they're good pretentious college kids it really excels at yeah 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 he just came on the screen and he started saying a bunch of words. And I wanted to punch him. <laughs> uh, we and actually, I, like, I would have 
like this kid at all. <laughs> we actually have a clip of that if uh, if we want to get into it. Yes, please. Okay. I'll be ready to bolt in a sack. Mr. Soprano? Hey, I'm Noah Tannenbaum. How you doing? Appreciate you letting us screen here. Those Bose Direct reflectors make all the difference. You a film buff? People say Hawks invented the genre with Scarface, but Cagney was modernity. Muni was not, so I give the nod to William Wellman. No, I'm just gonna grab the bare naked lady CD and then let's hit the road. I think Noah represents uh, like the exact type of criticism we didn't want to do on this podcast, where yes. you're just kind of like name checking uh, different. I don't even know what he's saying when he says uh, Wellman yeah. got the nod or Muni got. What did he say? Muni got the nod. I don't even know what that means. This is one of the few episodes where I didn't have the for some reason did not have the captions on. And when I was like, oh, I should turn those on so I could understand what he's saying. And I was like, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I didn't. Because, I still didn't get it. Yeah, because that's the point. The point is, is he is he's trying to nerd out with Tony on some real esoteric film buff bullshit. Yeah, probably think, like black think, and white movies. Like yeah. About. Yeah. And just talking about who invented moder- modernity. I was just like. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? And and just uh, you see Tony's Tony's reaction to him at first, and you at first my initial impression was like, oh, he's as annoyed about this kid's uh, kid being a nerd as I am, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you you don't realize uh, that instead he's just so racist that even. Even this kid who I would consider like to me, I was just like, oh, he's uh, just some Jewish kid. And it's weird (laughs) that Tony (laughs) that Tony is just like he's following the one drop rule very, very seriously. And (laughs) and it's just it's it's an insane level of racism. I do. Like, do you think he would be as upset if Noah was just Jewish? Uh, That's a good question. I. I yeah, I don't I don't to- I don't think so. I I think he would um he he might be upset a, a little bit cuz like we're Catholic and and hope it doesn't turn into marriage or something, but I think that uh this has everything to do with the fact that he's black and mm-hmm. like that to him is the only thing that matters. I I think if he was Jewish he probably would have said some racist shit to him, yeah, but it wouldn't he would have, have mentioned had... a different bread instead right. of bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he would have talked about challah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it did seem like it, when he said, "Oh, my my parents are in the entertainment industry," he would have been like figures, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, instead, like I'm I not don't having the eggy bread at the communion, so <laughs> yeah. shove off. So what do you think of Jesus Christ then? Like he he maybe would have done that, but there's no way that he would have said like you're not seeing my my kid anymore. I think he would have been much more calm because he's got because he's got regular American ass racism, which is like is is just colorism uh and then mixed with uh years and years of systemic oppression but like he's he's definitely pulling some like he's going old school with the racism Mm -hmm. in ways that i was kind of like surprised by like the the fact that he just keeps trying to see what racial slur sticks at one point Mm -hmm. um is is wild i have a clip from that um but before we play it, um, I also got very distracted when I watched this no. scene. I did. I got distracted because um, 
Meadow mentions that she just wants to go grab the Bare Naked Ladies CD real quick. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so, yeah, it was just like one of those things where I just like I wanted to just watch the show, but I just kept thinking about Bare Naked Ladies. That's, Anyways, that's like the uh, that's the Sopranos version of the Godfather. Uh, leave leave the gun, take the cannoli. It's uh, right. Leave leave the Cagney, take the Bare Naked Lady CD. No, I'm just going to grab the Bare Naked Lady CD and then let's hit the road. What's your background, Noel? It's Noah. I'm from Los Angeles. West LA. My family's in the business. I make mad films. I mean, show business. Okay, I don't make films. I don't know why they call it the business. Those old Tarzan movies. No, what, I, what I mean is, just like, we're Italian. Oh, my dad is Jewish and my mother's family is African American. So we do understand each other here. You're uh, Ditsu. Excuse me? A Moulinian, a uh, charcoal briquette. Uh... Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken. <laughs> That's your problem. You think you know what my problem is? See, I got business associates who are black, and they don't want my son with their daughters, and I don't want their sons with mine. Because I'm all about value. Fuck you. So when my little girl comes down the stairs, you're gonna say how nice it was to meet me. Then you're gonna go drop her off at school, and you're gonna say, Sorry. Well, Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it's great. They can't all be winners, uh, first of all, but... Uh, How dare you? That one was a winner. <laughs> I Honestly, I didn't make the connection between fake film buff and the song One Week, but it really is all there. Like, he is talking about... It's all there, dude. Like, Kurosawa, he makes mad vil- films, but mm-hmm. they'd have a samurai. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that, like, I'm the girl talk of podcasting, so... Um, <laughs> Your uh, your your remix was so good that I <laughs> I had to log off for a second. It, it broke yeah, the internet just... briefly. Your, your your girl talk remix. What did your father say? Like he didn't tell you, please. Well, believe what you he like. Called Noah things that are so disgusting and ugly. I can't even repeat it. No, you are right. There is no excuse. Just look at him punch his fucking lights out. Because you're a civilized person. <laughs> but you wanted your father to come here for what? To subject your friend to this again? Oh, wait. So I'm in the wrong. The rest of the world should work around his racist, retrograde, fucking asshole personality. I mean, the beauty of this is like classic Sopranos where there are no good guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm. It, it, first of all, <laughs> Noah's saying he's lucky I didn't punch his fucking lights out. <laughs> is it weirdly it's so relatable to me <laughs> yeah it's such a Be- good college freshman thing to say too yeah it's like oh yeah. dude if if he had said it to me one more time i swear to god yeah. dude Ooh, yeah. I swear oh my god. friends hadn't been there holding me back dude Ooh, oh, you're, you're you're lucky i respect luck, your daughter dude. so much like <laughs> and then meadow being like that's because you're a good person yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the reason why he didn't immediately try to fight the mob man yeah <laughs> yeah it was just like it's it's this great kind of like uh i mean you know noah's uh he's he's an 18 year old kid you know he's trying to be an adult and you know so you know he he says at one point i'm not going anywhere unless uh meadow wants me to which is like you know it's cute and you know it's almost like when you're i feel like when you're 18 and you're away for college you are super cosplaying 
um, adult relationships yes. in this way where like even real life, you know, serious interactions are kind of like theater, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like in a Felicity episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And not only that, like her parents sent her to college specifically so that she would like outgrow them in terms of like, you know, wokeness and being an intellectual. Uh, right. And so right. like she's just... She's doing, yeah, she's cosplaying that. But again, kind of, that's what they sent her to college to do is to. That, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what you learn in college. You know, you learn how to pretend you're better than people <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and hate your parents. I like um, the continuing theme of them both being huge pieces of shit to their parents. <laughs> just like yeah. completely openly like, what, can uh-huh. I just, uh, can, can I just say yeah. something? Yeah. Hey, is this boy going to be over? Oh, before you say anything, fuck you, mom. <laughs> It's just like it's it, the the way that they hate their parents is a is a very um, I don't know it's like I would consider it a very middle class way of hating parents. You know what I mean? Like I, I noticed that there is uh, it's like an upper middle class way of hating parents. There's like uh, the, the people that I knew who were like openly hostile to their parents when I was growing up were always like they had a little bit of money, like they were a moneyed family. Yeah. So it's always kids with like more money than you who are like, uh, God, you're such an idiot, mom. Fuck. Like, that's just something I like. I wouldn't dream of saying that shit to my mom. Oh, uh, no, I've seen people fight in the front yard with their dads in the dirt. <laughs> Fucking poor people have it rough. I'm telling you, you'll get thrown out of a goddamn trailer on your ass and you're fighting your stepdad and your dad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a I think fighting your parents is like a good rich man poor man kind of thing. It's like you have to you have to be either bo- above or below a certain socioeconomic line. Yeah, there's a threshold. There's a threshold. There's there's it's like definitely you're either the Menendez brothers or you're like a Mori family and there's a, <laughs> and everybody in between is kind of confused by it. Here's my theory. Did did Noah fuck Caitlin? That was in, an interesting ambiguity. Right? Yeah. If we're going just on the surface, there's clearly uh, things start changing after they have sex, after Meadow and uh, Noah have sex. Like, they're still cute. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, 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 they fuck a couple of times. Um, but you know, he definitely starts to change, which right. kind of like, but, but I, and I mean, but that's, there's another simpler way to read that, which is that, uh, you know, when you're in your, especially early and mid twenties, you know, like you built, you, you build your horniness into, you know, this greater affection for a person than really mm-hmm. exists. And then, and then you start having regular sex and it's sort of like the blinders come off and you, yeah, you realize like you actually have to hang out with that person uh when you aren't yeah. blinded by your lust for them and yeah and i feel yeah, like yeah. that changes the tenor of a relationship inherently and in fact i think that's i think that's why people should uh have sex as soon as possible uh when they're dating like the thing where you're supposed to make a guy like wait uh you know four dates or whatever like no you should have sex with them as early as possible so you can find out like what your relationship actually yeah. is to each other no, yeah, that, to me, that is like, you know, that's the first thing you should do before even talking. Just yeah. fuck. Yeah. The first thing you should say to each other is, oh, you want to like that, you dirty fuck. <laughs> you like when I fuck inside of you, you know, whatever, no. you know, like hot stuff. Like, you know, it feels good to do good, you know? Yep. <laughs> it feel good, do good. Hot stuff like that. Hot stuff like that. <laughs> 
Um, to me, everything that happens in that relationship is like it, it implies that they fucked because it starts out with, you know, first she's like jealous. Like, at least you have a boyfriend. Yeah, well, at least you have a boyfriend. You know, and then uh, he says, oh, maybe we should, uh, you know, be just be nicer. Maybe we could all go out. You know, we could she could get drunk and then, you know, that uh, that would make her uh, feel better. Get her drunk. Maybe it'll cheer her up. And I know it would cheer you up. So his feel better is fucking. That's what his feel better is. I'm pretty convinced that he wanted to get everyone drunk and have a threesome. That's my guess. That's my guess. Sure. And then Caitlin, she goes over knowing full well that this is a guy who fucks. Want to hang out? I'm writing my paper. You mind if I just sit and study then? I'm fine, really. It's just, you know, it's creepy up there alone. Because she knows, you know, you know, when like you find out that someone's fucking when you're not fucking um, yeah. like this is me in like middle school when I found out that a, a you know, a girl was like, you know, giving her boyfriend a blowjob. And all of a sudden you're just horny for that girl because you're like, that's a girl who give blowjobs, even though it's like, <laughs> no, she's in a relationship with somebody I mean, and they do sex. This is an intriguing theory. I think you seem a little bit like Charlie Day with the note cards on the wall, like making... No, uh, no, 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 no. I put it all <laughs> together, Vince. Yeah. I put it all together. Totally didn't even think about that with the the other therapist that Carm goes to see as yes. well. And yes. sort of like saying, you are now complicit. Uh, yeah. And, and if you didn't know that before, you know that now, because I'm telling you that now. And yeah. Like, and he wouldn't take... The mob money, basically. Yeah, he straight up is like, I won't take blood money. I like yeah. that I like that storyline because like the whole time with Melfi, you're like, God damn it, Carmela, just uh just open up. You'll have one confidant in this world that you can actually yeah. talk to. And then she actually goes to the other shrink and you're like, Ah, finally, uh Carmela's <laughs> gonna be able to open up and stop being so goddamn guarded and and uh mm-hmm. and, and lying to herself all the time. Um, and then she gets like the meanest <laughs> fucking therapist fucking in the world. Giant asshole. <laughs> she gets uh, the best shrink. And it's, it comes at a point in the show where I think the show is so, um, has become so aware of what it's doing with the Melfi scenes that they were like, what if instead we, um, have kind of like the opposite of Melfi, kind of a complete no bullshit, like judgmental therapist. I, I, I love it. And I think it's like, it's the only time this therapist makes an appearance on the show. And it is, it's just the best therapy scene in the Sopranos. Before we go, I just want to play a, one of the clips from that. Uh, it's called, I, I got yeah, you can say the name of it. If you'd like to, well, I, to know I, I forgot what it was called. Jew it's, something. It's called Jew therapy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ju- yeah, play Jew therapy one. Okay. I may be overstepping my boundaries here, but you are Jewish, aren't you? Is that relevant? Well, as Catholics, we uh, place a great deal of stock in the sanctity of the family. And I am not sure that your people... I've been married for 31 years. Well, then you know how difficult it can be. He's a good man. He's a good father. You tell me he's a depressed criminal. Is that your definition of a good man? I thought psychiatrists weren't supposed to be judgmental. 
Many patients want to be excused for their current predicament because of events that occurred in their childhood. That's what psychiatry has become in America. Visit any shopping mall or ethnic pride parade to witness the results. I'm so confused Dad? about the... God damn. I'm Dad, so con- is that you? I'm so confused about the ethnic pride parade part of that. Like, I what don't. did that mean? No. It felt like such projection that I was like, this just sounds like something my dad would have said at some point. It just, it was this, like... You know, uh, this idea of like, oh, everyone wants a participation trophy. You want to get a you want to get a round of applause because you're ethnic. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's it's but it was such a weird kind of like uh, departure from where what he was actually talking about that I was like. I I just thought it was beautifully written. This character was so funny. And the first character, I think, in the show who was bluntly said, you're you're in the mafia and uh, your your husband should be in jail and you need to get out now. Mm-hmm. And then he says, at least now you can't say that no one has ever told you. And right. uh, mwah, beautiful. <laughs> I, I loved it so much. Um, <laughs> she got the exact wrong person for her or maybe right person. I don't know. But like, yeah. if you're, if the goal is to at least ease some of her pain and whatever, we let us get to her. She got the yeah. wrong guy. Well, yeah. As, as she, yeah. it didn't, it didn't work though. Cause she kind of yeah. just turned back on him. She's like, Oh, well, you know, this is what Jews would tell you, but right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the the moments of anti-Semitism in this episode are great because it's like stuff like you're Jewish, so you don't understand, you know, being in love, and <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you don't have respect for marriage, and he's like, oh no, I think you're thinking of the Puerto Ricans. Uh, yeah, right. Excuse me, you're thinking of uh, the blacks and the single mothers. Like I love, <laughs> it's such like a weird, like they both did racism, like they like both she, did racism. She tried to do different. <laughs> she tried to do racism on him and he's like oh no 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 i i can do better so, so like ralphie's doing this uh he he's in a weird way he's like jackie's most understanding father figure at this point ralphie is uh, a semi understanding and empathetic figure uh because we haven't really seen much of him so far like this is the only fourth episode he's been in or the third episode he's been in and uh and yeah, so he's he's doing his best, but you know, Jackie just is like, I'm I'm gonna go to the gym and get really buff, you know, and 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 Ralphie, you Let's know, go watch Scarface again. I like it when yeah. he says he's gonna get the women and then he's gonna get the power. Uh, my favorite part is when uh, he does cocaine. You guys see that part? That's a good part. That's a uh, lot of cocaine, am I right? I wish I had that much of, cocaine. Hey, man on! Uh, <laughs> Would that I could so, one day have that much cocaine in front of me. <laughs> Would that I could one day. I had to stick a shish kebab up your ass. Why do you provoke me, huh? This young buck, he'll fuck your wife until she moans. Fucking what? You began it, huh? Fuck you, call me. You bring my wife into this? Huh? Put it down. Huh? Hey, mister, come on. Hey. Get the fucking back. There go. You all right, he get you? Fucking asshole. Pull this prick. Get back back. Get back to his death. Get back back. 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 Get back back.
hang a mannequin. <laughs> what are you doing this to me? You know, Tony is pretty sure that, you know, they've got a good relationship. Uh, and then they're in the car together and she does his homework for him. Yeah. <laughs> and he says to her straight up, like, sorry, you know, I would have done it, but, you know, it's just a really long book or it was yeah, some I, excuse. I couldn't, make, I couldn't make it through those books. That was his excuse. Which is an insane, it's like the funniest excuse because it's not an excuse. It's just actually what happened. It's, it's yeah. like, also, they're short stories. It's like, I don't think the tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that but much yeah, reading. No, yeah. The fact that he just is like, no, listen, I totally would have done this, but I didn't want to. Yeah. and <laughs> it's not like you, you wanted to it's fucking edgar Allan poe it's like <laughs> a it's like a, a a very uh plot driven story that also rhymes probably like yeah. right yeah, yeah. That, you're fucking lost man extremely accessible to an age group below him you know jackie got that good dick because like i think you have to have a good dick in order to get a girl like meadow to do your edgar Allan poe paper for you I mean that that to me I was like damn like it must be it must be good it must be a good dick that's all you that's all you think about though is how good dicks are I, uh, that's true I always well I mean I like to think about them in relation to uh the strength of a relationship mm-hmm. and in this case I was like you know uh clearly he got that good good because you know he's, listen I one time in 6th grade um uh, this girl who I really, really liked. She was like a, I think she was a Russian immigrant or something. Uh, but her name was Mariana and she was so hot. And then she started talking dude, to me. Did you see that Mariana trench, bro? Yeah, dude. I wanted to hop in that Mariana trench. I wanted to plant a bomb in it and see if I could ignite a super volcano. Yada to me. But what, what is that? I don't know. It was kind of a mixture of things I've seen and heard about. Um, but, uh, you know, she, she started talking to me and I didn't know why. Um, and then she ended it with, uh, her asking, um, in a very, uh, cutesy way if I would do her homework for her. (laughs) And, and, uh, and she was like, she was hot. We were in sixth grade. So to me, I was like, she is, she's one of the hottest girls I've ever seen. And my answer was, no, I can't, I'm stupid. <laughs> like I was like, think quick, I, Matt. You got to figure yeah. out why, why, how to not do this, and also get her to like me. Oh, it's because I'm yeah. stupid. I can't, can't do it. I'm real dumb. Yeah. Well, no. It was like uh, immediately I knew that she in no way was interested in me, and so I had to explain to her that like, listen, I know why. I get why you asked. I look like a nerd. But I'm not. I'm actually a dweeb. I'm stupid as shit. I have allergies. Uh, and I, I I can't even do my homework for myself. So as much as I appreciate you, you know, uh, buttering me up, uh, it's not going to work because I can't even do my homework for myself. Janice. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, we've all known a Janice. And God, it's just so perfect. This whole, the entire storyline. She, it's she, it's she's, like that Flannery O'Connor short story. The one where uh, the woman has one, she's a wooden leg, and the traveling salesman like swipes her leg. 
But this, sure. I feel like this is the peak Janice episode. No, it. Re- uh, I mean, it, 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 she just keeps getting better. Yeah. I mean, so far this is her, this is her peak. Um, so basically, we're back to la- last week's episode. Um, where Janice is obsessed with getting these musical theater records back from Svetlana, the one-legged caretaker, uh, who was she? She got those records gifted to her by Livia before Livia passed, and she is not willing to give them back. Now you'd think that you'd leave that storyline alone, like that would just be you know a little bit of flair, a little no. bit of comedy for last week's no, episode. No, the no, fact no. that if you've ever known an still... Italian family, you know you would never leave that storyline alone, and it would come back many times over and over. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so she. Janice moves back into uh, Livia's house. Um, Tony allows it. And Svetlana has uh, basically found another place to stay. And they spend one night together. Um, Svetlana stays in Janice's old room. Then she wakes up the next day um, and her leg is gone. Janice has stolen her leg. (laughs) And and Janice briefly is trying like the the good cop act. And, uh, you know, because... Uh, what's her face is Russian. She's like, oh no, I'm not buying this for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's like, like she it cuts through all of Janice's bullshit, which is, I think, a reason that Janice hates her so much. Yes, I, I, I think it's the fact that she is so blunt. Like yeah. you can't really manipulate Svetlana. <laughs> um, and oh, you get some of the best, like that slut sow stole my leg. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And then she oh. says, like, this C word's going to be sorry she ever fucked with me. Like, she's just, she has some good zingers. Oh, yeah. it is, it is great. And so at this point, um, this has become such a recurring thing with Janice. I think it's going to be a recurring clip segment on the show called uh, Janice Petty Godfather. bullshit where is my leg your leg uh, oh yeah where's your i know you took it that's preposterous i mean what possible use would i have for your leg because you think that will make me give records back if you see some karmic connection between your taking my mother's records and the disappearance of your leg wow the records return to the rightful owner and so does the leg i can see how you got there i don't know how you can live with yourself this cunt is gonna be sorry she ever fuck with me. Well, you better hope you have all your shit out of here, cause I'm calling the locksmith. <laughs> well, uh, you did a lot of audio editing once again. Yeah, I I, I do love the. Uh, the toughness uh, of Janice when she says, um, you better have all your stuff out of here because I'm calling a locksmith. <laughs> like, I'm changing the locks. She's just, she is uh, a petty, cowardly gangster. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch. But also like a woman that I would probably, that would like teach Sunday school. Oh, 100%. Like, I would <laughs> oh, God, it's like, so true. by her my local parish and like <laughs> I just see. I just saw that when I was watching her. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a fake enlightened hippie woman where she, you know, is teaching everybody important lessons about psychology, but while while being the most petty human, manipulative human being alive. 
Yeah, I mean, everything she does is a grift, um, which is the exact same thing as anyone in the mafia. Everything that anyone does in the mafia is a grift of one form or another. It's just Janice's grifts are... um, they. They're they're more petty, and they also uh, have no return on investment. Really, like they're all just the worst get rich quick schemes. She just feels entitled to her mom's records, and uh, she wants them. That's that's the whole thing. Yeah, she wants. Well, she's going to sell them. Yeah, she's like just as much of a sociopath as Tony. A hundred percent. Even I would argue more so. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she's, like, almost crueler. <laughs> yeah. Definitely like, crueler. That's a cruel thing to do to someone, and, like, she's just un- to- unabashed about it. Yeah, it's weird because you, 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 this is the first time where, because you, you really have to think about, like, holy shit, she just stole a woman's whole ass leg. <laughs> like, that is incredibly sociopathic. It's just amazing because you see Tony as kind of, like, uh, he's a murderer. He murders people, sure, you know, sure. and you go, well, that's that's the height of sociopathy. But then you see someone stealing someone's legs to get a, some records back. Yeah. And you're like, I think that's worse. I feel like everybody's got like a crazy aunt or like, a you know, like a yeah. sister in law or someone who's like a Janice where you just like can't stop telling tales about their absolute yes. petty manipulativeness. Uh, yes. Everyone has like an aunt like that or like a friend. Munchausen-esque aunt or something. (laughs) Yes. Everyone has one Janice in their life. And that Janice, whether they're a family member or someone who you, you know, is just someone who's in the orbit of a friend group, that person brings so many people together Uh to just talk about the crazy Michigas that this person has put you through. I mean, I, I, I have a Janice... Um, in my life who uh, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but like, I know that someday she's going to convince me to just give her a thousand dollars and I'm, and I'm ready for it. Yeah. You're like, keeping it in the bank just in case. Yeah. I have it in the bank just in case it is, you know, my Janice is a thousand dollars and it's just someday she's going to convince me that she needs it and she needs it right now. And yeah. I'm going to be like, I have it ready for you. There's yeah. no way I'll be able to say no because, you know, she's a Janice. I stole a woman's prosthetic leg, Tony. When did I get like this? You really want to know? When Richie died. To that time, I was functioning at a very high level. I think there's only one trajectory for me. Really? God. I've hit bottom, Tony. But it's odd. Because I feel born again in the Lord. Can you You can go now. Billy needs to see you. Follow the blue line. You know, Tony makes him go to a cancer board or a tumor board. And they all discuss what the the options are. And Dr. Kennedy decides... um, Basically, to he says fuck it because of the fact that like he's got some other doctor looking over his shoulder now. Um, which, by the way, this episode always scared the shit out of me. Um, 
Because nothing scares me more than tr- attempting to be an advocate for your own health and having it mm. completely fucking backfire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's very death of a salesman, you know, like Willie Loman asking for a raise and getting fired and just trying to be like, never mind, I, I will go back to work. You know, like, it's like, to me, that that's very frightening. And, and it sounds pretty realistic. Like, it's something that could happen. I mean... The guy already has a huge ego anyway, right? Kennedy does. And so, yeah. like, I could totally see. I'm the same way, man. If I go to, like, I would hope to think if I had cancer, I would be a better patient advocate for myself. But, yeah. like, it's also, like, I don't want to piss off the doctors, so I guess I'll go with what you're saying, sort of. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it's not like I'm afraid. I'm not afraid they're going to open me up and put more cancer in. But it's... <laughs> It's like, I, I am afraid that they're going to be like, you know, uh, you know, oh, so you, you think you're going to get another opinion better than me? Well, you know what? Fuck you. I'm never giving you medicine. Yeah. It's you know? funny because the second season of the Dr. Death podcast just came out uh, oh, like yeah. today or yesterday. And like, it's basically about a guy, a doctor who gave people chemo unnecessarily, who like, who like didn't even have oh. cancer, but he basically like told them they had cancer so he could take all get all the money from all the chemo treatments jesus, jesus christ, christ. what the fuck that is fucked that is so what the fuck <laughs> so this is like a good one-two punch of like wow i don't know what to do if i have uh cancer i mean I, i'll be honest with you like there is part of me that's like you know if you just did a little bit of chemo every day like you would never get cancer <laughs> a right a bit of chemo <laughs> Is that like eating poison for a very long time? Yeah, right, right, right. It'd be like just keep eating a little bit of poison and then you'll never get poisoned. (laughs) No, it's just, it's you're getting the cancer gradually used to chemo so that if you ever have cancer. Oh, you're getting super cancer. (laughs) Yeah, the cancer's like, oh, no, dude, we already built up a tolerance to all this. (laughs) See, this is why I'm glad that I'm not in control of my own health. Uh, Because like every time I hear about anything that's like, oh, like, uh, like part of me is like, why don't we all do the Michael or what's his name? Uh, who was the biker with cancer? What was his name? Oh, uh, the guy who's an asshole. Yeah. Livestrong. Uh, Lance, Lance Armstrong. Lance, Lance Armstrong. I was thinking another kind of biker, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was thinking (laughs) the guy from Orange County Choppers. What the fuck? No, like, uh, you know how Lance Armstrong like had like a a fridge of super oxygen blood and like that. And that's like how he cheated. But like, I feel like, okay, so you shouldn't do that if you're competing. But what if you're just like, just trying to just trying to like have a good time? I don't know. It just seems like super oxygen blood. I would love to have super blood. Yeah, super blood sounds like something that we could all use. So, well, I don't know, man. If you're a tech CEO, you just get like a kid. Yeah, you a get young, a blood boy. Young, yeah, you get a blood boy. <laughs> yeah, that is very normal here. Yeah, that's right. It's the '90s. Parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the '90s. It's, it's the '90s. '90s. They did an interesting thing with the flashback, which is it's a flashback to 1995, which we know mm-hmm. because uh, the OJ trial <laughs> is on television, and they and they really, they really hammered like the OJ references. And then, like at this point, you know, it's 2001 when the episode came came out, so this is only six years ago. 
but Tony nonetheless has like hair. He has more hair, uh-huh. so we can tell flashback Tony. Uh, and he's yes. wearing a bowling shirt, which is very mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, oh. look, he looks like he's in a swing band. Totally. Oh, I, had, I had a black and white bowling shirt with a martini uh, embroidered <laughs> on this thing, and I Hell thought it was yeah, the, like, I thought it was the coolest shit ever. And and it and I remember getting like some grown man like complimented me while I was at a urinal uh, with my oh. fucking. <laughs> Martini. That's how cool the martini oh, no. bowling shirt was in like the mid nineties. That it was just oh, it no. was the shit. Um, Dude, I wanted one of those so bad. I was oh, all I had was a is a was a really long chain wallet. <laughs> yeah, I never had right. a chain wallet. I somehow managed to not have that or Jinko pants. But oh, oh I'm yeah. so glad I never did the Jinko. Yeah. Did not yeah. do that. So there's one scene in, I actually had to pause it and rewind it because, uh, you know, they show Jackie Jr. In, mm-hmm. in in flashback when he's like just a high schooler and his pants are so fucking baggy that I, <laughs> that I had to rewind it. They weren't even Janko pants. It was just like what regular dress pants look like in the mid 90s. Yeah. And it looked, like, yeah. it looked like you could fit, you know, like two uh, six year olds in each leg of the pants is how big they were. Oh, I miss it, man. I miss those baggy pants Which days. Which I think was like the inspiration for Donald Trump's tailor because all of his clothes uh, kind of Interesting. Fit, like, fit like that. Like his they ties look like are too shit. long. His ties are too long. His pant legs are too wide. And all of his shit is just billowing constantly, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's weird because that's like, uh, it's a look that if you were to draw it without like the Trump person as like the subject, you would be like, oh, you're drawing a down and out fella, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, yeah, <laughs> like a fucking uh, Charlie Chaplin-esque tramp. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. But uh, that's just, uh, that's just that motherfucker style. Uh, the only kind of like individual storyline that he has just himself is this, um, uh, this scene that he has with the big mouth Billy Bass, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, makes multiple appearances in this episode. Which um, is big for you, Matt. It is very big for me. Um, as some of uh, the listeners to my, uh, my Vince's previous, our, our other podcasts, the Frogcast know, um, you know, big mouth Billy Basses and I have a, a long <laughs> sorted history. You have a thing? Um, well, you see, when, so Mike, uh, I can I call you Mike? Uh, please, please, please. <laughs> well, so what, when I was a kid, you see, uh, we had a big mouth, Billy Bass. Um, and uh, as I, I was like in seventh grade and I saw that it like, uh, it had a robot mouth. Um, did you fuck the mouth? I uh, no, no. I, well, I yeah. I, I don't know it. you that well. I'm just no, that is correct. Uh, but the problem, that, so I didn't actually because you can't fuck the mouth. But I was very intent on on doing it, so I just ripped off the skin and I masturbated with it. <laughs> and and uh, the the skeleton was still oh. singing while it happened. So I have you had a, an audience. Yeah, yeah. I had a. I, I had music, a musical Ooh. accompaniment to me just uh, masturbating, saying, take me to the river. And so, yeah, I have a, I have a, a history with Big Mouth Billy Bass. So this is a very like important a episode. like six-word memoir. The skeleton is still singing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, oh I like yeah. I like, you're like, well, I can't fuck the mouth, so I'll just masturbate with its well, skin. 
sometimes you're already halfway there. You know what I mean? You're like, I've already brought it from, you know, the mantle to did you my to, room. What did you do to hide the evidence? Did you just like bury it in the yard or? No, no, no. Under the bed. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I just threw everything under the bed. I, I, we had uh, in my family, you know, everyone knew under the bed off limits. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty smart. There was like, that's the under the bed is where all the secrets go. Yep. Um, yep. Because Were you also a Catholic like me? No, no. We just, uh, we just like to, we just put everything that we masturbated with in under the bed. Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to put it under my bed and rules are rules. That's, and it was fine. Um, respect the bed rule. That's very yeah. healthy. Yeah. Yeah, family to have. Yeah, you really got to throw things out when they start to smell. So let's move on. Uh, in fact, I, I have a clip of Tony um, discovering the big mouth Billy Bass. Oh, what's up? Hey, Tony. Matt's getting aroused right now. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. one all's a pound. <laughs> Rip off its skin and we'll fuck it. it. <laughs> Georgie, it's wacky, huh? What do you think? It's a fucking playroom back there? What, Tom? What, what? Fucking toys? It's a place of business. That's an office back there. I saw it right here. They were selling them. What? What did you say? Fucking <laughs> toys. Oh. Oh. I pay you a fucking salary. <laughs> the fact that he pays Tony a salary or Tony pays him a salary is just uh that's just a great button to the scene where he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. listen, you're getting benefits here. Yeah. Do not bring <laughs> a right aid novelty gift you into this. You have a four K. You have a four oh one K. Exactly. Do you think that uh the big mouth Billy Bass was like the last the vast the last ubiquitous novelty gift like i feel like mm. i don't know i i'm trying to think of what what the last one was i mean i remember there was the remember the guy with no pants you would stick to the, the, your yeah. back window of your car and you you would you'd you know squeeze the thing and his pants would drop mm -hmm. you guys <laughs> I don't nuts. remember that <laughs> oh, oh i do remember truck nuts yeah, truck nuts are also, uh, that's, I mean, but that's not really a novelty gift so much as it is um, just something that's super cool. <laughs> hey guys, we got Mr. Goodwin's office open. Check it out. It's just one of those days. <laughs> hey, everybody. Booyah. Break your fucking face tonight. Well, I was I was watching this episode with uh, my wife, Borat voice, um, and she, she she turns to me and she's like, "Why do why do boys like to smash stuff?" And I'm just like, "Or why do they like to break stuff?" And I'm like, "Have you not broken stuff before? Like, do you not recognize it's, how fun it's breaking shit is? <laughs> like, I get feeling bad for the people who have to clean up the stuff that you break, but like the actual yeah. act of breaking stuff, like, how do you not enjoy that part?" 
it feels so good there's something just so uh pleasurable about destruction and about like it i think it's like this this caveman thing where where we you know we see women and we go like look at them creating life (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna destroy it and so it's like you you just uh that's it's what you know men can do i think it's it's like a way to assert um like you're asserting that you are now master of the world like over your ancestors like you have yeah. you have been born into this world that like your your forebears have created and so you come into it and you just start kicking shit down and you're like nah fuck you like this is I'm part of this now too this is my stuff it's kind of like when dogs pee on trees i kind of it is it is except it's uh smashing the tree yeah. and destroying the soil <laughs> sure i definitely <laughs> you know? remember uh, this came up today cuz i was like doing a ranking of Taco Bell menu items uh, for work and um, like you do as you do and there was definitely a day in high school where we lived in such a shitty town town where there was nothing to do that one of our things was we, we decided to get drunk in um, in fast food bathrooms uh, one night for some reason <laughs> and at Taco I Bell get it. you know how they have those heavy chairs that are like built in mm-hmm. we managed to wrench one out and steal it <laughs> and um so we stole this big heavy metal chair and then we like... Wait, t- did they we, stop you? Did anyone notice? I don't know that they know. I don't remember them noticing. I think we did it kind of uh, <laughs> as as uh, inconspicuously as possible, which may have not have been that inconspicuous to other people. I'm not sure. Um, I'm positive it wasn't. And then we tied it to the back of a car and we drove around like trying to whip it into mailboxes and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you, did you succeed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we succeeded once or twice. And then, it, you just, know. <laughs> I'm imagining the cops just trying to explain to them what happened to their mailbox. Just being like, well, so, you know, those seats that are uh, at Taco Bell, the ones that are just attached to the floor. Um, so, like, there's no way a cop could tell the victim that story without prefacing it with what ha- happened was <laughs> yeah. like like and even so this, the cop this whole episode was very it hit home for me just in when aj's trying to explain why he has done the thing that he did and like at that at that age when you're just breaking shit for fun there is no explanation and yeah, yeah. you know you always get your mom always wants to know like wh- why the fuck did you do that and you're yeah. just like oh she she yeah. asked him. She's like, "Are you mad at like someone at the school, or like, were you were you mad in yeah. general?" He's just like, "Nope, I just wanted to do it, I guess." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like I always say, the uh, the classic is like, "What were you thinking when?" Blah blah blah, and then you kind of just shrug and you go, oh, "I guess I wasn't thinking, sir." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally should get. I guess I wasn't thinking, sir, tattooed onto his chest, yeah. like. It starts off with the song Gloria. Gloria walks into the Stugats, which is Tony's boat. Um, Stugats? <laughs> Stugats. Yeah. Uh, listen, I I, pro- I want to say Stugats. I don't, know, I don't want I don't want to be offensive, but you pronounce that very Jewishly. I did. I did. You know. Yeah, Gloria Why? is definitely doing the thing like where she acts like she's not fucking a married man and uh, and, and has been innocent of it this entire time. And Tony is, you know, maybe a little bit too stupid to fully understand what she means. And then she just throws her, throws his gift that she got from Morocco into the sea. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, very, very overdramatic. Well, people you... always talk about the, you know, the Russian as the as the un as the strand that the strand of the story that we never find out about but we also don't know what else she got him from morocco that's, no one ever asked right that because there's a second gift that comes from morocco that he's wearing later that's like a yeah yeah so did were there two did she go back and fish that out um, or maybe she bought two of the same gift knowing one of them was going to get thrown gonna dramatically in the sea. Throw, yeah one yeah. of the knowing me yeah. one of these gifts is going in the ocean <laughs> i'm going to better I buy could, an extra i could see it you know she's been to therapy long enough to know herself and she knows that uh she will dramatically destroy a gift that she went fucking 5000 miles to get him right um, and yeah, the uh, Tony spends this episode in terms of his relationship with Gloria, um, kind of uh, number one dealing with the fact that she's a bit more emotional than uh, he thought she would be. Not as easygoing as the relationship what? had started out, but Up also until now he thought she was perfect. Even though we, as the yeah. viewer, saw some signs that she might not be perfect, but uh, he was right. convinced this was this was the perfect Gumar. But he also spends the majority of his time with uh, Gloria um, taking work calls right before, like during the, you know, the meet. Like mm -hmm. he takes a work call while fucking. He takes a work call while she's like getting dinner ready for him. After and, fucking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, to I, me, I, this whole yeah. thing was is why I've never considered having a mistress because it just seems like a, like you have one <laughs> monogamous relationship. That's already like so much work. Imagine like doing all that work uh, over again and then also having to like try and hide it from one person. Like that just seems like. Yeah, even it's, if you it, yeah. you'd have to sleep only four hours a night and be like James Bond or something. It's why I've always said that anyone who like uh, cheats on their wife with a mistress, you know, respect straight up. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like damn, dude. You've always said that. You, yeah. I've always said that. I'm like, damn, you got to work hard. That's two people <laughs> who you are definitely pleasing. You know? <laughs> yeah. G good for you. All right, just give me a minute. Could you, Martin? I just thought we could switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Days. Sure. I just got a customer coming in. All right, Tony. Ring, 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 ring. Don't you fucking Tony me? Are you out of your fucking mind talking to my wife? All right. Ring, 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 ring. You drove her home. Then you look right into my eyes and you don't tell me. All right. It's just normal to be curious about someone that you love, significant others. No, it's not. Ring, ring. Fucking twisted. No, it is not. Look, I don't want to argue with you. You're upset. And I understand it's on the margins for someone like you. And I'm sorry, and it'll never happen again, ever. No shit. And you can tell you shrink your own date relationships. What do you mean? Fucking over. Ring, 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 ring. You see, Tuesday, I can take my kid to hear Raffi. Banana They do eventually get um, Bobby Bacala to play Santa, but not before threatening his life. <laughs> well, that's what's so funny about the storyline is it is true that this could work in any other genre of television. This, yeah. this, this concept of like, we need our friend, but in the, uh, you know, 
PAX channel or the mm -hmm. Hallmark channel right. of, of this episode, it would end with Bobby Bacala realizing that Santa was inside him all along. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but, instead, yeah. it, but instead, it ends with him basically like, telling a kid to fuck off, like get the fuck <laughs> off my lap. Which is if we're doing favorite, least favorite scene, my absolute favorite scene is Bobby Bacala just trying to hold it together enough to play <laughs> Santa. And uh, I have a clip of that. You were just here. I was not. Yeah, you were. You were on my lap five minutes ago. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. Now you're going on Santa's list and you're getting nothing. Fuck you, Santa. Hey! You don't talk that way to Santa. Get back there. Tell Santa you're sorry. Go on. I'm sorry, Santa. That's better. What the hell's wrong, Bobby? You got kids to your own. I don't want to do this. Shyness is a curse. I feel like the kids' <laughs> line read of Fuck You, Santa is so funny for whatever reason. He committed really it so hard. He's just like, Fuck you, Santa! Fuck you, Santa. <laughs> it's like it was building. Oh, so good. I really appreciated too that the mom <laughs> reprimanded the child instead of what you maybe like a stereotypical parent of today that was like a non-Jersey mm -hmm. Italian parent, like an LA parent would have been like, how dare you scold my child? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's exactly what would have happened today. They would have they would have said like uh, you know, um, you know, you you yell at my child. He is a child. It's like, yeah, he's trying to steal a second toy. And it's like, yeah. he is a child. It's well, like, and I think you're an accomplice. I think you're trying to help him. Yeah, in perfect <laughs> Sopranos fashion, there is no good guy, which is like this the best thing about the show always. Like, totally. yeah, they're both bad. Like, Santa is a dick. And then the kid was trying to scam another toy. And they're both right. bad. And it's wonderful. I love yeah. it. Alan, do you, do you have like a, a favorite scene or a least favorite scene? I mean, I don't love Junior singing that it goes on as long as it does, <laughs> but like I kind of get the point of it, and it's it's also there to drive Meadow nuts. But I think that's part of what I get into, and like when I say that it's a good episode, but maybe not the best finale the show did. I have to agree with you. It's like the 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 four songs ending, um, especially given that that song. Uh, it's Cor Ungrato. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Um, yeah, Ungrateful Heart. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, is like it, it's actually like this really beautiful song uh in the original uh italian and they, they do a good job of it but it's like it goes on a little bit too long i agree um but i found this recording uh of oh, it God. uh yeah and uh i i, I just want to play a little bit of it because it is it's a beautiful song okay it's this is a rare recording uh -huh. that i found yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you know like uh i found it in the back of a record store uh, -huh. uh Vince, I don't know why you're <laughs> sighing. I found a rare recording of a, a beautiful song. Okay. Well, I like to hear I, it. I just want to hear it. I'm just impatient to hear the song is all I guess. And I would like to play a clip of it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've got it. It's called Core, uh, Core Original Version. No, this is not me. It's the original. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Again, like I said, old record store, and I was just like, "Oh, what a beautiful song!" <laughs> and uh, yeah, as oh, as someone who's not uh, Italian, mm. um, you know, uh, I I gotta say, I don't know what those lyrics mean, but "Gabagul Vafangul." Yeah, it just sounds. You, su- you summed up our culture. You did it well. Hey Matt, this home of the world's only Sopranos podcast. I just want to say it. Sincere thank you for all bumpers, all the laughs, all the good times you guys share about the Sopranos, from not knowing jack shit about Edgar Allan Poe to, I don't know how you didn't know that uh, Lady Gaga wasn't in an episode, it's like common knowledge, but anyway, I'm just driving from one hospital to another for check on the trailer for a vaccine trial, good to know that I'm out here busting my ass trying to Get patients treatment. You guys are dicking around talking about the surprise. Keep it up. Yep, that's our. Yep, that's what we're doing. Some people are saving the world mm-hmm. by helping with uh, vaccines, and some people are making Sopranos podcasts equally important. <laughs> look, you there's know, varying degrees of essential in terms of workers. And absolutely, uh, look, we're uh, we're also essential. Uh, but I agree. Just maybe a different plane of essential. It's well, a I, different level, but you know what? As a podcaster myself, mm-hmm. I get those. E- we get those emails like, "Thank you." I, w- I was working at the hospital all day, and I love your show. And I'm like, "Oh my god, no, thank you!" Like yeah. I'm just a piece of shit with a microphone. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, we're important too. Because here's the thing: what 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 else are they going to listen to on their commute to the place where every day hundreds of people are dying in their communities? <laughs> Exactly. exactly you know it's 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 uh listen some some somebody's got to add some levity to this fucking dumpster fire of a year and i'm glad that it can be podcasters who come to save the I day agree. we are the I real agree. heroes which i think is what we you're are. trying to say there this is about us yeah mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. about us i'm gonna give this episode uh b plus solid solid b plus. solid b plus yeah b plus it's a perfect grade all right. Well, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I would rate this episode. I think solid B plus. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to agree with you. Definitely, you know, the most solid of B pluses. Yeah. What about you, Jack? What, what what rating would you give this episode? Um, you know, it's probably my favorite episode of TV of all time. Uh, so I'd probably go solid B plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. That is fair. And also today, I would like to give a special shout out and introduce uh, our new producer for uh, for the show, uh, Brent Flyberg. How are you doing? Well, I said, how are you doing, Brent? But his mic is currently, I mean, he could unmute and say, what's up? Hey, what's up? There he hey, is. Hey, thank you, Brent. So Brent. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for for producing our our pod. We love you and uh, love you everywhere out there. Everyone out there, I love you all. And until next time, don't stop believing. Don't stop, 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 st
want that lamp. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.